It's time for Business Minds Coffee Chat, an inspiring show about the journey to personal and professional growth. And now, your host, Jay Shear. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I am your host, Jay Shear. And I am super excited today because I've got a fantastic guest in the studio with me. My guest today is a husband to Katie and a father of three, a successful entrepreneur, a business growth catalyst, podcast host, and a speaker and writer. His list of clients has included the John Maxwell Company, Ziegler Inc., Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, the Better Business Bureau, and many others. Please welcome the Chief Growth Officer of Catalyst Brand Group, Jason Flagel. Jason, awesome. it is so great to see you. Thank you for being Thank here today. Thank you so much, Jay. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. I, I loved the intro. It makes me feel like I have a lot to live up to now. But yeah, I've been blessed to work with some amazing people. Um, I love to, some of my mentors have said the same, and I don't know if you feel the same way, Jay, too, but uh, it's like, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. So I've had the opportunity to add value to a lot of these brands, but also I get to learn from them. So it's kind of, I mean, even you mentioned the Zig Ziglar group, like I think just that experience was worth like two MBAs <laughs> if I had to like quantify it. So, well, I think that's, that's so cool. And I'm glad that you, you appreciate the opportunities that you've been part of. Obviously you've, you've created those opportunities, right? And so you've yeah. earned a place at the table. And I think it's amazing what you've been able to accomplish. And I love watching your growth over the years and getting to know you and working with you and just better understanding your your knowledge base. And you're so incredibly intelligent. So I just <laughs> I wanted to dive today into the world of generative AI. But before we do that, you you came here to the Palm Coast area in 2019 from Columbus, Ohio. What was the primary impetus for moving to the Palm Coast area? Yeah. So my wife and I, at the time, uh, we were, I think, a few years just had been married. And uh, I grew up loving Florida, uh, coming down, doing competitive swimming all the time in the Fort Lauderdale area. We always wanted to potentially move down to Florida, but we were kind of like deciding where we would land. Um, and when we worked with like Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank or some of these other groups in Florida, I, yeah, I felt really blessed to kind of just go all over the state and kind of experience, yeah, all the locations. And our top choice was like St. Pete for a while, St. Petersburg over in the Tampa area, but I'm not a huge big city person. <laughs> so neither is my wife. And uh, we were looking at different places and my sister uh, actually got married to a local Palm Coast uh, resident. So uh, she settled here and then we came down for helping out with her wedding um, during the spring of 20, 2019. Um, I, we did like the videography and everything and fell in love with like the hammock area and just the beach environment and, uh, the kind of the population was growing and I saw a lot of like opportunity here as this kind of be an, uh, being an up and coming place. So yeah, with her wedding, we were like, we got back to Ohio and it was, I think, uh, April and so down, like downcast. It was rainy and stuff. And we're like, why don't we see if we can move to Florida? Rest is history. It was, yeah, everything kind of fell into place within, yeah. So from like May of 2019, we moved in a few months down here. So wow. it was a very fast uh, transition. 
I love it down here. I've got, yeah, like you mentioned, Jay, a few few kids too, uh, all under six, three kids. <laughs> so as you can imagine, they keep me really busy. But yeah, we love the area as well. Um, and yeah, looking back, I think we made a really good decision. Well, you, you definitely did. I mean, this is such a fantastic area. I do love St. Pete. There's no question about it. As a matter of fact, I was just there and you yeah, were just yeah. there not that long ago. But what I, you know, this area, you just cannot beat it. I mean, incredible quality of life, arts and culture is fantastic. There's a great uh, business vibe here, a growing business community, and there's really just so much to do. And really, to me, it it always is about the people. And this is just one of those communities that it's it's really difficult sometimes to put your finger on it because there's so much here. But I love the people here. There's just such a great, um, a, a great vibe, and yeah. people who are willing to, uh, to to help people out, and and just love what they do. Okay. So it's really it's really a cool spot, kind of a unique area. So, you know, as I mentioned to you, I, I really wanted to talk today about generative AI, and you know, today. We're seeing so so much in the news. We're seeing so much in the business community all around generative AI. And I've obviously watched how you've grown in that area. And you seem to be certainly one who is a an expert in what you're doing with generative AI. So I thought today we could explore what we need to know why we should embrace generative AI, or maybe we shouldn't, right? (laughs) But let's start with something very basic. Why don't you share with our audience what generative AI is? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great uh, question, Jay. So uh, most people have kind of heard like AI is a buzzword, and the big tool now that people are talking about is ChatGPT. Um, and I can imagine most people probably listening to this have either heard the term or like signed up with a free account to kind of test, uh, test out chat GPT and generative AI basically is just a tool. It's artificial intelligence, but you can give it like a prompt or ask it to do something and it does like an output. Now, AI has been around for a really long time. Uh, I think in the 60s, 70s is when kind of the basics of like artificial intelligence uh, from University of Toronto, I believe. But one of the leading scientists there kind of laid the foundation of actually studying the human brain and how we think and process information. And he kind of reversed engineer that. How would a machine kind of do or try to do the same thing? Um, and a lot of that foundation now gives us in chat GPT, these new AI tools, the ability to like process things. So you can actually ask it to do like, um, one of my YouTube videos, Jay, I, I asked my wife, like, Hey, can you give, uh, I asked chat GPT for my wife. Can you give me like a funny romantic text that I can send to her? And it came up with something yeah, really funny. I, I'm a huge fan of puns and that's kind of my, like my humor. <laughs> so I, I asked it to come up with like a punny kind of response for her and um, like roses are red, violets are blues. I can't remember the exact one, but it said something like that. And so, yeah, that's an example of what generative AI can do through text. You can ask it different questions and it can come out, uh, come up with different responses. Another way to think about it is kind of like a Google search engine. 
you type in a question and you'll get some kind of answer back. But now with this AI tool, it's actually referencing all the information online that like this tool can have access to. So it's kind of technical, but yeah, the basic understanding is like it's that now this kind of almost second brain <laughs> that you can have to kind of help you do different things. Uh, I also like to use an analogy of like um, it's kind of a co-pilot because there's a big, uh, I think, fear with generative AI today. They're like, oh, AI is going to take my job. But a lot of people in the space, and I, I am one of them, um, I like to think of AI as kind of a co-pilot. Don't think of it as like someone that's going to replace you as the pilot. You're actually thinking of it, oh, it's going to sit next to me and help kind of guide that plane. Uh, another analogy I love to use is the Iron Man suit kind of analogy. You put on this exoskeleton suit, and now what it can do is actually empower even more what you're trying to do. So as like a service provider, I don't know, maybe a plumber, you know, you can use these kinds of AI tools to empower your sales, your marketing, your auto, uh, your your operations. Or if you're like working at a job and you're doing um, like customer service, you can actually start to use these new AI tools to do that. Love so. it. Now that that's a mouthful, right? So we're going <laughs> we're going to break that down a little bit because there's some things that I think would be very valuable for our audience to explore here in a bit more detail. But also we want to keep it at a level where people are going to get the most out of it and something where they can perhaps apply something that they learn during our conversation immediately. So with that said, you know, one of the comments that you made was that uh, chat GPT as an example is is taking all the information, right, that's available online. So it kind of aggregates all that information depending on the prompt that you're using. So we 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 know that everything online is true, right? <laughs> of course. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so with with that in mind, knowing that there's information out there that isn't necessarily rooted in reality or that that's true, does that also mean that if if I'm using Chat GPT and I'm using a particular prompt, that there's a possibility that I may get a response back that isn't based on fact? Yes, yeah, that's right. The uh, I think the 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 correct term, Jay, is um, a hallucination. So uh, AI tools can hallucinate, and what that means is you got to do your due diligence and see if that's actually factually correct. So some of the AI tools, ChatGPT, Google Bard, um, there's a few other ones that uh, Facebook, so Meta released something called Llama Two. Um, and that's kind of like their chat GPT tool. But yeah, you have to be, um, you have to be aware that sometimes it can give you the wrong information. They are constantly improving it. Um, I do think that OpenAI, that they are the developers of chat GPT, their new, what's called GPT-5. It's, it's, it's what's called a large language model. It's kind of like the brains that allow these AI tools to kind of do things. Um, that is going to be super advanced where a lot of the hallucination or kind of the incorrect information that's coming out now from the different prompts that you're doing, that's going to really decrease with their new release that they're going to be doing here soon. It's going to be sometime this year. Uh, Sam Altman, the CEO, hasn't given like a timeline, uh, but it is coming uh, with the accuracy is going to be, yeah, way better than it used to used to be over the last year even. Uh, and I was, yeah, one of the really early adopters with ChatGPT kind of creating how to use it and things on YouTube. But 
Um, it was very, even looking back from when it was first released to now, you can see how the accuracy has slowly improved. So I'm really looking forward to it yeah, being even better. I think the uh, level of accuracy now is like a, almost a college-educated individual is like what it can kind of comprehend. So with the next release, it's going to be like, I think, a PhD kind of level of understanding. Mm. So yeah, it's again going to be kind of a second brain. <laughs> that, that, that is so, so incredibly interesting. So there's, there's no question that AI is changing the way that we work, right? It has the potential to actually reshape entire economies if you think about it. And, mm-hmm. and you had already alluded to this and it was something that I wanted to ask you, and we can explore it a little bit more deeply. But, you know, is is AI truly going to replace our jobs? And let me kind of refine that, and maybe you can answer this question to a degree based on your own experience. Which jobs would you say are ripe for disruption mm-hmm. yeah. by generative AI? Yeah, I think a lot of the uh, the marketing and advertising industries are definitely going to be changing. They're actually, I think, some of the big ones that are being disrupted right now. So I'm in a, a few different business masterminds. And so like copywriters, uh, people doing like pay-per-click advertising, things like that for businesses. Um, and I'm, I help serve some of them too on like watching how they do these kind of AI integrations. But you have the ability to now use these AI tools to kind of replace that worker or what that kind of freelancer, a lot of people on Fiverr, like will hire people to do that. So I think those are some of the biggest industries that are now, uh, like being changed. Even basic, uh, graphic design, uh, elements and graphic designers, that's being a big area now with tools like Midjourney and then with chat gpt there's a, a video um an image and a video creation tool called uh, dolly and they now you can give a prompt and it will actually create all the artwork and images for you i know we yeah just talked about that the other day jay uh locally here and uh so there's things like that i think that are going to be dis- disrupted but i don't see it as something fearful it's uh something throughout any kind of stage in history there's always new innovations that happen and that's as human beings, we just have to learn to adapt to that and see it as an opportunity. Uh, and that's where my, my goal is to try to yeah, explain and break down some of these technical things to make it easier to understand. Mm, that's, that's perfect. Well, we, Jason, we're going to take a quick break here to thank our amazing sponsors. We will be right back for all of you. Don't you go anywhere. You're listening to business minds, coffee chat. Be right back, everybody. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves more than just average. It deserves flatter media. We specialize in innovative and dynamic marketing solutions tailored for mid-sized businesses with ambitious goals. Our team of experts are dedicated to helping you stand out from the crowd, drive growth, and elevate your brand. Ready to take your marketing to new heights? Choose Flagler Media, where we turn great ideas into remarkable results. Visit us at flagmedia.com or call us at 386-227-6477. Flagler Media, exceptional marketing for exceptional businesses. This is Jay Shear. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur trying to figure out how to improve and achieve greater results? If so, I'm speaking to you. I provide the tools, coaching, and accountability you need to gain clarity around your personal and professional goals, remove the excuses holding you back, build the mindset, leadership skills, and proven strategies to grow your business and become the best version of yourself. To learn more or to apply for my coaching services, call 904-236-0431 or visit jshearbusinessconsulting.com. 
There's no business like show business like no business I know. Visit the Fitzgerald Performing Arts Center at Flagler Auditorium. We're about to release our new season of professional touring shows. Visit our website at flaglerentertainment.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You can be the first to know about our shows and special offers. And remember, every time you buy a ticket to a show, you support the performing arts in Flagler schools and you support our local economy. All right, we're back. And again, you're listening to Business Minds Coffee Chat, and I am in the studio today with my very special guest, Jason Flagel, and we're having a great conversation talking about generative AI. There's so much to consume, so much to learn here, and we're trying to break it down in such a way that it is digestible, that it is something that you can actually walk away from this conversation with some new knowledge and something that hopefully you can apply in your own life and in your business. So, Jason, before the break, we were talking about GPT-5, you were talking about some types of businesses that are ripe for disruption with generative AI. We talked about, you know, marketing and advertising, copywriters, graphic designers, etc. So along those lines, and this is something interesting that I've been doing a lot more research on, and that is on the who who actually owns that content, that mm, output yeah. that's being created by generative AI. So as an example, if I were to use Jet, Chat GPT to help me write a book, as an example, mm-hmm. right, with some illustrations, do I own that content? Does Chat GPT own that content? You know, that that's a big question right now that I'm seeing more and more discussion of in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So what is what are you seeing? What's your impression of what's happening there in terms of copyright, etc.? What should businesses be aware of? Give us kind of the lowdown, yeah. kind of a brief, if you will, on what you're seeing and what your experience is telling you. Yeah, it's a very, very timely conversation because that's something that a lot of people are discussing because a lot of artists, a lot of writers are very concerned about, hey, if anyone can kind of have access to my previously published works, but also new things that I use AI to create, who actually owns that? So there is a lot of discussion happening, legislation even being worked on uh, in in D.C. about like what is going to happen there. So I don't have a clear because I don't think anyone does yet. (laughs) And that's kind of what they're working on in the conversations and kind of uh, debating on. But I do um, some of the conversations I'm a part of and the recommendations I've heard from others in the space, especially writers who are very well-known kind of generating full books and manuscripts using these tools, uh, is use your own outlines. Use any of – like document all of your own kind of uh, your work that you've created and you can prove that it's been originated by you. Mm. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head like the the fundamentals of copyright law, but if you can go back and prove oh, I created, you know, such and such, uh, you know, process or information. I wrote it on this date and you have a a record of that. Then you use ChatGPT to kind of help create content. That is a proof that, oh, this is inspired by, you know, 
Jason Flagle or whoever it is that's working on it. Uh, because if there is some kind of copyright like dispute in the future, you can actually go back and have that record. So in terms of like proving it and who actually owns it, it is a hard debate now because technically ChatGPT is doing a lot of the work. But the human is the one directing ChatGPT on how to do that. So it's just like uh, you know driving a car. We don't like we don't expect the car. Oh, the car is what got us to you know the end destination. No, we say oh we drove the car there. So it's kind of a tool that helps us get to an end destination. So I think in copyright legislation, it's going to change that you're going to have to have like a detailed process on how you created that with the help of AI. But it's going to be, oh, this was created without AI. And then there's going to be like a copyright version of, oh, this was created with AI or this was totally. So I, and I think blockchain technology, again, this is a little technical, Jay, we don't have to go there. (laughs) Uh, But something called NFTs, non-fungible tokens in the blockchain that gives you like irrefutability of what something was and if it was created by a human or by a machine. I think we will start to use those kinds of tokens to be able to prove, oh, Jay created, you know, this himself versus, oh, Jay created this with AI. So that's going to be, I think, something that will be publicly available information, but the identification of your, your personal identity, your kind of uh, personal identification information P-I-I-N, I think, is the, the acronym. Uh, but all of that will be hidden on the blockchain. So I think that's looking five to ten de- years down the road. That's probably yeah, what's going to happen. Well, that is so interesting. Well, I appreciate the piece of advice, advice there to make sure that we're documenting, right, so we can actually show some history of of what we created, how it was created, etc. I think that makes a lot of sense. At least that's a good starting point, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, just before you got here, as I was checking some email, I got Got an email from a particular coach that uh, that I'm connected with, and the the a quote from that coach said, "AI will never replace the power of emotional connection." And I thought that was really interesting because as I look around employers today and businesses, you know, we see the rise of generative AI. We know that it's increasing the need to hire and develop talent mm-hmm. to learn AI skills. And matter of fact, here's an interesting uh, piece of, of data that I saw. LinkedIn job posts that mention AI or generative AI have seen a 17 percent greater application growth over the past two years than jobs with no mentions of technology. So it's really interesting. But when when you see a quote like that, AI will never replace the power of emotional connection. Agree? Disagree? I strongly disagree. <laughs> strongly disagree. That's so interesting. Tell me why. So a lot of there's there's a big misconception of people who will like sign up for a free chat GPT account, for example, and they're get they'll get in there and they'll say, oh, write me an email or, you know, summarize this information. And what they'll do is they'll just take that output as at face value. And when you do that, you'll be like, oh, that doesn't write and, you know, that doesn't communicate like a human communicates or that doesn't communicate like I would communicate. And that's absolutely right. But when you train an AI tool on basically a persona yourself, so actually feed it information on how you respond and how you communicate, then ask it the same question, you will be astonished. I I work with some of the world leaders right now on copywriting using AI tools, so actually messaging in the voice of different like 
people and organizations. And if you train it the right way, you cannot tell <laughs> that this is from an AI tool. Wow. So like I, I won't give their, uh, their identity away, but it's a pretty large, well-known like thought leadership company. And we trained, um, I think five to 600 different pages of all of their content from the CEO's voice and style. And then when we would ask questions on like write an email or do a social media post in this style, it would output that as if it was the person. And you can kind of refine it and like tweak it a little bit. But yeah, it was really, really good. It's like, oh, I was talking to, you know, so-and-so, whoever that CEO was. So if you know how to use it and how to ask the right questions and the training that comes into play, that's really where I think there's still going to be an emotional connection um, if it's yeah used correctly and if it's refined correct. It's just like us as human beings. I wouldn't expect my five-year-old to you know get on stage and like talk about you know some complicated uh, topic or like how to uh, fix a le- leaky faucet. You know, it's the same kind of thing here. There is some training and kind of refinement of what this AI tool needs to know in order to get the best output. Wow, that is so interesting. Thank you for explaining that. I appreciate that. So, how can companies today prepare for generative AI? How do they, how can they get started? So as an example, assessing their company needs, what is a good starting point? And then the next question that I'm going to have for you. So think about this as you're answering the first question is how can a company that is already using generative AI, how can they scale AI adoption. Yeah. So let's start yeah. with the best place to get started for a business. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, how to, can they scale the adoption rate of generative AI? Yeah, I think the easiest starting point is sign up for a free account with ChatGPT. And you can do that, I think, at chat.openai.com. Um, free to sign up, free to start using it. But it is a lesser kind of um, what's called an, uh, an, a large language model. So it's GPT, what's called GPT 3.5. So what that means is just not as advanced as like their pro plan, their plus plan that you can pay for. Okay. So I would recommend if you've never used ChatGPT or you've never used an AI tool, sign up for a free account and kind of just start by asking at basic questions. Okay, so let's say they've done that. Let's say they've signed up for a free account. What mm-hmm. are some of the some of the top prompts that a, a business can use to get started? So I would say actually give it some information about like your social media posts or your email marketing messaging that you're doing. Things like that where it can start to learn your voice. If you have the ChatGPT Plus plan, it's even better because you can upload full documents and create what's called a custom GPT. So what I recommend to newer businesses using these kinds of tools is actually create each of your departments of your business, sales, marketing, operations, whatever other uh, areas you might have, in each of these AI tools, train it as if you would train a new employee. Mm. So give it your SOPs, your standard operating procedures, how you do business, your ideal kind of customer or client, and then it will be trained at a basic level on like those questions that you can ask it. So like, how do I serve better serve my customers? Or I'm looking at the these revenue numbers, you know, this month. How can I make improvements? 
you will be surprised that that AI tool can now actually help you do that. Wow, that is just incredible. So real quick, and we're going to be wrapping up our conversation here in just a moment, but you just reser- you just returned from speaking at an online seller's cruise, and you spoke about making a custom AI tool to grow your e-commerce business. So just one question for you. What was one of the most interesting questions that you received from someone there? You don't have to give us the answer, but I'm curious what they are thinking about. What was one of the most interesting questions that came your way? Yeah, one of the best questions was a pretty successful online seller on Etsy and also on Amazon asked, can can I use an AI tool to basically go through all of my order history and my customer data and help provide recommendations on optimizing my new products that I might do and optimizing my product listings on my current store. And I actually yeah, walked through and showed them how, <laughs> how that could happen. Wow. And that's a huge opportunity right there, yeah, for them to now take that and yeah, make improvements. That is so interesting. I appreciate you sharing that. So here's my final question to you. If you had the opportunity to sit down with anyone who's currently living or no longer with us, and you could ask that person one question and one question only. By the way, I'm big on questions if you didn't know. (laughs) Uh, But if you could ask them one question and one question only. First, who is the person you would sit down with? And then secondly, what is the one question that you would want to ask? Wow, that's a very deep question. Um, I, it kind of varies in my, my own personal life. So give me um, one person. I would say, um, I'd say Zig Ziglar. Okay. Cause and what that, would you, what would you ask Zig? I would ask, um, if you could start over, what would you do differently, um, to like potentially accelerate what he did? Uh, cause he impacted over a billion people. And I would love to know, like if he had to, at the end of his life, yeah, start over. What would he have changed or what would he have done a little bit differently? That's so interesting. I My guess is one of his responses to that would be, I would ask the redhead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, 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 Jason, I want to thank you so very much for joining us today on Business thank Minds Coffee so Chat. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I know our audience has as well. We've certainly learned a lot. Appreciate you sharing your expertise and your knowledge with us. And I am grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jay. Yeah, it was a blast being here and I am excited to talk again sometime soon. <laughs> very good. Well, you know we will. And for all of you, thank you so very much for tuning into Business Minds Coffee Chat. We'll be back next Saturday morning at 8.30 and until then keep learning and keep growing and keep doing the work to reach your potential. Take care, everybody.